Welcome to a brand new episode of Third Degree Burn. My name is Brian Hughes, and we have got a, a, a large panel today. We're not full, but we're pretty pretty uh, top-heavy here. We have, of course, our guest, Mr. Nigel Spink. Nigel, say hi. Hi there. Hello. And along with him is a, a contributor that hasn't been around much, but there he is today, David Thompson. How are you doing, David? I'm doing great. How's the Thanks, arm? Brian. Thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> we're just glad to have you back. I know we know that you'd um, you'd hurt your arm recently, so uh, you got to give everybody an update on that. Have and kids. Uh, then we got John Hyatt. What? Have kids? They said it'll be fun. <laughs> it is fun. It's an adventure every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. I still remember the day a kid told me that you know he just walked up to me and says, "Did you know that a grapefruit won't flush down the toilet?" Oh. Yeah, that wasn't a fun evening. <laughs> <laughs> we also have John Hyatt. Hey, John. Hey, everyone. And Great last but not least, Tim Elliott. Hello. Now, Tim has done all the heavy lifting tonight in our continuation of our coverage of John Burns' West Coast Avengers. That's what it's titled right now, West Coast Avengers, not Avengers West Coast. Why did they do that anyway? I think just so you can both have them both. Yeah, you got them both like on the A's. Uh, yeah, Avengers. So they're right next to each other. Yep. And you get confused and buy the wrong one. They wanted to bring the titles into line. Yeah, because you had Avengers, Avengers West Coast, Avengers Spotlight. Spotlight. Yeah. Uh, solo Avengers. Another... Didn't they have Solo Avengers or? Yeah, yes. Avengers yeah. Solo. Solo Avengers. Yeah, Avengers Solo. Yeah, yeah, now when did Byrne take over? Okay, he took over writing of the Avengers proper title with issue 305. Yeah. Oh, and, Avengers, yeah, yeah. I'm round about that, yeah. And then when did they change the title on the West Coast Avengers? That's the other one. Okay, yeah, they changed it with uh, 48 to Avengers West Coast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And that pretty, it's pretty close. Uh, Close, close running there. Okay, so uh, now Tim will be providing our synopsis. But before we get into that, what's been going on? I mean, we we had we didn't talk about this before, but I got to ask, what's been going on? What what's got you guys excited? What's uh, what's really cool? I mean, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy coming out next week. We got Free Comic Book Day coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim has moved. I'm about to move. Um, Nigel's yeah, in Japan what, always. What's up? With, what's up with that, Tim? So you you That's moved nice. from from Texas to Nevada, and you're moving back? No, no, we're still in Nevada, oh. um, which I've been told you don't pronounce it Nevada if you're in Nevada. 
You also don't say Vegas if you're in Las Vegas. You always say Las Vegas. Well, I don't. It's like San Antonio. It's it's, it's like San... it's like pecan or pecan. And we all know it's pecan. Um, or Waxahachie and Waxahachie. <laughs> Houston or Houston. Yep. <laughs> now we, we that was only that was only from that <laughs> Superman movie. Where is yeah, but if it was Paul, if it was Paul Spataro, he'd say Planet Houston. Well, it's, so it's in New York. They pronounce it Houston because that's what oh, Houston. Yeah, because that's what Soho stands for, south of Houston Street. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, I knew that somewhere. <laughs> the more you know, and knowing is half the battle. That's right. Um, no, we uh, we just uh, we just moved to a little nicer neighborhood, a little a little bigger house, so we've got more room, and it's mm. just a nicer neighborhood for the dog, and it's quieter. Up in the world. Well, we're still renting, but it's a nicer rental house. Um, it's two story. We tried to get away from that, but we couldn't find one here. Everything's two story, so we had to. Modify a little bit for Bonnie because she was having because there was no carpet in the house. It's all tile or like oh. linoleum. So we had to put some uh, runners on the car uh, the stairs so she can make it stairs without slipping. So you got rugs everywhere. Not yet. We're 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 trying to, but we do have. They make a little rug adhesive piece you can put on your stairs. It just basically makes like a runner, an individual runner for every step. Mm-hmm. You put those on, and that keeps her from falling down. Because it's a straight staircase instead of uh, kind of a, a two-way or broken one like we had at our other house. Yeah. Rugs are expensive. This is the thing when you, when you get old. Yep. They are expensive. You know, my wife, you know, changes out rugs in the different rooms, and they're expensive. Yeah. And we're getting ready. It was After we move into our house, we're ripping out all the carpet and putting in wood floors all over. So Except they got, they for Christopher's room they, and the uh, theater room. <laughs> And yes, you have to what? put uh, carpet or rugs. Um, my wife bought a Ruggable, which is a company that makes a washable rug. And okay. it's the, um, you just peel the back off of it. It's kind of got a rubber back and you take off and you can just throw it in the yeah. washing machine. Um, but we yeah, have we a, union, it's a union jack and we have that in the living room. <laughs> yeah, we have to have those because we've got two old dogs, older dogs. I mean, the oldest is 15 years old. And so uh, there's a little bit of incontinence there, diapers, but sometimes he gets out. Diapers? Yeah. They got diapers for dogs. They have diapers for dogs for, yeah. But... And believe me, Mugwai at his age, and he's he's deaf as well and half blind. and uh, But he's still one of, just a lovable dog. It's not time for the special hunting trip. I'm putting no. it in your quotes. No, no, we're not going out to the Milner's farm anytime soon. <laughs> it's um, not time to tell me about the rabbits yet, is it? No, no. Now, um, we we kind of did talk about the Mandalorian and um, what else did we get the finale on last week? Is that when you guys did your CNC without me? Uh, without me, too. Mm-hmm. I didn't make it either. I couldn't. That's right. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. That that was um, Picard. You guys talked about or, Picard. Yeah, Picard. That's right. Uh, yeah, that was John Kirk and I uh, talking. It was it was it was actually kind of brief, I guess. Yeah, what hour and a half, maybe. But uh, we did talk a lot of spoilery talk about Picard and about uh, Mandalorian. So, kind of covered it all there. If you want to beat us up over it, you're going to have to listen to it, which it won't actually drop until Sunday night. So. Uh, 
Well, you did invite me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but I wasn't in, unfortunately. Yeah, it was uh, kind of last minute. I mean, those by the time I got back, Yeah, by the time I got back, uh, yeah, it was a bit too late. I would have liked to join you because I knew you'd be talking about Star Trek Picard. Uh, and I, I wanted to join in, but <laughs> well, Nigel, <laughs> Nigel, give us your hot take. You know, your you know, a couple minute. What did you think of the last season? Oh, there might be the last season. spoilers for the last for the next few minutes, folks. Oh, so. well, no, I'm not going to say anything about the story too much then. But I, I enjoyed it far more than Picard one and two, of course. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot more like good old star trek yeah know. i think that's the consensus it's much better than season one or two i really enjoyed it yeah um yeah nice to get back out in space with all the all the different ships and things and yeah the storyline um nice to see some of the old characters returning again even if it's only for a short short while um and they killed one or two off yeah yeah <laughs> never mind I was reading something. I was reading something the other day, actually, that uh, they'd originally planned to perhaps bring Rolaren back towards the end. Uh, they were going to use something along the lines of just before her shuttle hit the nacelle on that ship, the other ship. Spoiler alert. She was somehow being. Oh, this is not. This didn't happen. But this is what they were planning. That, yeah. that she somehow got beamed out or, you know, uh, transported away, maybe by the enemy. And then they found her again later, you know, near the end of the story. Uh, but they just didn't have time to incorporate that again because they couldn't. I, I don't think they could get hold of the actress at mm. the right time. She's pretty so busy. They left it as it was, which is that she died yeah. Well, you know, there's now they're, they're talking about Star Trek Legacy, which is going to yeah. be the, the follow up show to the events in this. Oh, I hope and, they do that. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. And I mean, that 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 last episode was was a setup for that. So, I mean, yeah. you know, no doubt that that's what they wanted to do. So, yeah, and I, there was there, there was talk of um, before the show ended they were that people were speculating that shaw would have his own spinoff <laughs> obviously <laughs> that's not happening whoops um, yeah <laughs> for reasons undisclosed right yes well I he really probably like didn't want to get tied down to a series yeah I, like I, I, actor. yeah he was you know i agree with nigel that and you know a lot of the other comments out there online this was clearly the best of the three seasons you know there there is some benefit to watching the previous two you know it gives you you know a little more insight into what's happening but if they had come out of the gate with this season three as season one i think it would have been even bigger than what it was although i have seen some you know online reports about viewership for the last season of card and the finale and you know they're they're super high like the highest ever for Paramount Plus, but I agree with you, Nigel. It, it, it's it was nice to have more time and space, and for yeah. for it to do it the right way of hitting the nostalgia buttons without beating us over the head, or it being kind of this sugar coated. You know, this person appears for 
really no reason other than to say, oh, well, they, this actress or actor is still alive. So here they are. Yeah. Look at them now. Um, and, you know, it was it was super enjoyable. And I, I would put that up against the last season of The Mandalorian, which I did not think was that good. Mm. Quite honestly, you know, compared to, you know, how it started and where it's at now. I think the quality of that show yeah. has gone down. Well, I, you know? I'd say it was enjoyable, but it definitely was all over the place. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, and hats off to Patrick Stewart, right, for, mm-hmm. you know, at 80, early 80s, you know, still coming back to reprise this role and giving us this kind of closure to his character and, you know, kind of the arc that, that he was on. You know, I, I don't envy these actors who, you know, are in such an iconic role and then they're kind of pigeonholed. Um, you know, Patrick Stewart has done a lot of other things, but, mm-hmm. you know, to, to come back, to get asked to come back. Right. I mean, I'm sure Paramount, you know, said, hey, we're going to do three seasons. Are you in? And at his age, if it were me, I would have said, hell no. I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I'm too old for this. You know, that was that was well, 35 years ago. I think the first two seasons what brought him in was they gave him a lot of control over the direction the show was going, a lot of input creatively. So I think that was because he said this is the first time he was allowed in the writer's room. So he had an oh. input as to how the, the show was going to be, what was going to be focused on, subject matter, things like that. So that was his his draw not just the money but it was that that he got to really get gotcha. more creatively involved in it but and i think they, those guys have to be aware of online criticism of the oh, shows yeah. so they have to know that well let's okay you know because i think when they gave it to terry metallis uh, and it's and i think um um it's not kirkman it's a uh, uh who was the showrunner of that show? Um, Kurtzman? Was it Kurtzman? Kurtzman. No. Kurtzman. Kurtzman. Okay. Yeah, not Akiva Goldsmith because he's doing Stranger Worlds. Kurtzman left to go do something else. And he kind of let Metallus, okay, yeah, here, do what you want. And that's why he was able to do what he did. Um, yes. I'd heard that his show, uh, 12 Monkeys, is pretty good. He did that show for sci fi. And that also had the actor that played um, Shaw. He's in that yeah. uh, series too, and I hear it's very good. I haven't seen it, but I've heard people a lot of people recommend it. So I'm going to change subjects here. What do you guys know about Shatner recording this thing on the bridge for the Roddenberry archive? What? Nothing. There's a bunch of stories that popped up this week that um, they apparently recreated the bridge from Star Trek The Motion Picture. Uh, around William Shatner as he did a, a like an hour-long program for the Gene Roddenberry archive. And they also did a CGI deep fake kind of thing with Leonard Nimoy. And That's even tied it back in it tied it back into Kirk's death at the end of Star Trek Generations. Oh, yeah. So we're gonna get some Shatner uh, talking about Kirk and Nimoy. Um so uh, some more some more stuff coming here. It's it's basically because it's as they say the end of an era. Well, you saw and that Easter so, egg in Picard when they were in Section Thirty One's mm-hmm. secret base. Yep. They had 
uh, Kirk's body. Right. In storage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I thought I thought Section Thirty One was supposed to be a show, and I saw something this week that said they just it's a, changed it's a it. movie. Yeah, they just changed her. Their, I mean, because of what happened with Michelle Yeoh getting the Oscar, they're like, "Well, we're not going to be able to keep her for a TV series. Everybody wants her for movies, so we'll just do a movie with her on yeah, Section Thirty One." And so that's that's that. Now, there's a tie-in to Section Thirty One in today's book. And I hate to cut it short on all this talk, but I figured that we would drag on for quite a while if we were let to. So, uh, Tim, let's get into it. Get uh, give us the particulars. Do it. I will. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Rum and coke. Do it. All right. We are covering, as stated, West Coast Avengers number forty-three. And here's our our <clears throat> excuse me, our particulars. Uh, this had a cover price of. A whopping 75 cents. Our writer is John Byrne. <clears throat> Artist is John Byrne. Our inker is Mike Maiklin. Colorist is Paul Beckton. Letterer is Bill Oakley. Our cover art is by John Byrne. Our editor is Howard Mackey. And the editor-in-chief was Tom DeFalco. Uh, we have a release date of December 6, 1988, with a cover date of April 1989. There are 32 pages, 22 are story. This is reprinted in Avengers West Coast Vision, Vision Quest trade paperback in 2005, Avengers by John Byrne Omnibus 2016, and Avengers West Coast Epic Collection Vision Quest trade paperback 2021. Uh, the only other book that came out at the same time was a reprint, uh, Classic X-Men number 32, uh, How Sharper Than a Serpent's Tooth. And I don't know what that... That correlates to, I didn't look it up, as to what the classic X-Men book is. Proteus. Is that Proteus? Uh, yeah. That's why we invite Nigel, because he, he yes. knows all those things. And this book, of course, has got uh, a large, grateful acknowledgement to the works of John Basima, Sal Basima, Steve Englehart, Don Heck, Rich Howell, and Roy Thomas. Yep. Well, he made the same, I think... Uh, the same ded- kind of dedication last issue because he's yeah. kind of working on stuff they've storylines that they'd already built up. But yeah, and there's so many flashbacks in in last yeah. issue and this issue, and they're directly, you know, referencing the the incidences that happen based on the works of these guys. So it's uh, yeah. yeah. And I have looked all those flashbacks up because the editor didn't give us the issue numbers, but I have looked them up and I've got them in my synopsis. Really? So if anybody wants to know, they can look those issues up. All right. Our players for this issue are Hawkeye, Mockingbird, Tigra, or Tigra, Wonder Man, Hank Pym, Wasp, Vision, sort of, and Scarlet Witch. (laughs) All right. We open on a stunned Clint Barton. Just learned his estranged wife, Bobby, a.k.a. Mockingbird has portrayed the West Coast Avengers. Last issue, the team discovered their computer had been hacked, wiping all information on the vision. Bobby explained she led the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents to the base who did the hacking, or planted a virus. The Scarlet Witch expects an explanation. Mockingbird tells her she was tricked into helping S.H.I.E.L.D. Flashback to an angry Bobby just after she and Hawkeye split up. She's approached by a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and taken... 
to a secret base for Project Vigilance, led by Cameron Brock. The project was set up to keep tabs on the Vision after he hacked every computer on the planet some months ago. See Avengers 253-254. He asked her to use her knowledge as an Avenger of Avengers Compound and her skill as a former S.H.I.E.L.D. agent to help to help develop a contingency plan to capture the Vision in case a situation like that occurs again. She agrees. She soon learns the real goal was to actually seize the android. She confronts Brock and is subdued. She wakes up in a cell, a cell she recognizes as KGB. Why would the Russians want the Vision? Bobby explains the Russians either wanted to determine what Soviet information the Vision might have hacked, or they wanted the information that he had stolen from other countries. She managed to escape after a few weeks and heads to the West Coast Avengers uh, headquarters. She arrived just after the team had defeated an imposter Ultron. See last issue. The team assumes she is telling the truth, and they hop in a Quinjet and head to the S.H.I.E.L.D. base. On the flight, Bobby tries to apologize to Wanda, but the mutant has her reservations. They discovered an abandoned factory complex, and the Wasp suggests making a low pass, and she will fly down to investigate. This ruffles Hawkeye's feathers, as he is current Avengers chairman and thinks he should be making the plans. The Wasp enters through an air duct and starts to explore. She asks the local ants for any information. They lead her to a large door, tightly sealed. The door opens and two men exit. She follows, and here they are speaking English. These guys can't be Russian. She locates the prison cells, and the guards have not noticed a mockingbird has escaped. She discovers another cell the men are guarding. She flies to the window and is shocked to learn who the occupant is. More to come. Back on board the Quinjet, Scarlet Witch reminisces on her first meeting with the Vision. See Avengers 76. They fought side by side for months, but they were honest about their emotions between them. The Vision had discovered his origins during the Celestial Madonna story. See Avengers 124 to 125 and 129 to 135. The Vision asks for her hand in marriage, and she accepts. See Giant Size Avengers number 4, despite her brother Petro's objections. Wanda and the Vision were happy and she unconsciously used her hex powers to alter reality and became pregnant with their children. Cut to the couple's home at the Avengers Ooh. compound. What? I said, ooh. Oh. <laughs> Cut to the couple's uh, home on the Avengers compound. The twin boys of Wanda and the Vision are cared for by a governess. She gets the boys ready for the day with a bath, but when she turns her back, the boys are gone. Back to the action. The Avengers find themselves under attack. The base has opened fire on the Quinjet. Wonder Man jumps out and takes out the unmanned guns. Cameron Brock berates his staff. Who opened fire? He did not want to confront the Avengers directly, just as he is confronted directly by an Avenger. The Quinjet lands and the rest of the team head inside. They make short work of the guards and Hawkeye uses a trick arrow to gain entry. Bobby grabs a guard and forces him to give up the Avengers' location. He's in Section 31. Mockingbird and Wanda open the door to find the vision on the laboratory table, completely disassembled. Be continued. That is that. That is one full issue. I mean, it is so full of history, exposition, just mm -hmm. so one much One could stuff. say jam-packed. 
Yeah, but at the same time, some of the art in here is just so amazingly stellar. That open splash page of just Hawkeye sitting there and the detail on his face. You can you can you can see the man behind the mask. But uh, that was a really good synopsis, Tim, and I really appreciate you putting in those uh, those reference points. We'll have to put that on the um, on the page oh, when yeah, we, uh, we can add it put the episode the, uh, out, copy, so people know where to go, and then maybe you'll become a, an editor at Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you're closer to their offices than when they were in New York, so that's true. Anybody else got any comments to make on this? Uh, issue nope that's it thank you <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> well, well i'll point out the the uh, little gorilla that i was pointing talking about earlier the 800 pound gorilla was that um at one point they're towards the end they're looking for section 31 and we were just talking about section 31 which is a starfleet kind of thing but apparently it's also a shield section as well so uh and of course, this uh, uh, issue came out even before Deep Space Nine was really a thing. I think maybe it started. Not sure. No, Deep Space but, Nine uh, started in ninety-three. Section thirty-one wasn't discussed until several seasons in. So uh, yeah, this was something that that, that uh, had never been heard of. This is just a Shield thing. It's just a, a, a funny coincidence. Even more funny considering what a fan of uh, Star Trek burn has, is, but um, never one of pretty much anything beyond uh, original series, though. Anyway, now let me ask you guys, the, uh, the man, what was his name, Brock? Cameron Brock. Cameron Brock, does he remind you of any other character? It's like, seems like he comes from like Next Men or or something else, and I just can't place it. I was sitting there going through my stuff trying to see if I could remember what it was, but uh, no. Nope. He, he kind of resembles a typical middle-aged bureaucrat. And then the, the other agent, Frank Hampton, looks like um, Nick Fury, young Nick Fury, before he loses his eye and changes into Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> well, that was Ultimate Universe, Nick Fury. So that's the um, David Hasselhoff version. <laughs> oh yeah, except he doesn't have this double, uh, you know, the Reed Richards. Uh, I've been yeah. working all day beard. No cigar sticking out of his mouth. No hamburger, you know, plastered to his face. Oh wait, that's Hasselhoff. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'll shut up. <laughs> Do you guys think, uh, well, the splash page is great, you were talking about, but the next page, which is a kind of a gatefold type where it crosses, where you, they're, Wonder Man's kind of holding Hawkeye back, and, and Bobby's just sitting there like, you know, kind of really uh, putting him down. She keeps, she keeps kind of berating him. Uh, do you guys think that DeWanda took this information a little lightly? I would think she'd be a little more upset when she finds out that Bobby was responsible for her. Of course, she doesn't know where the vision is yet at this point, but she knows he's missing. So I think she'd be very worried about him. And she seems, I would think she'd be a little more upset. 
I think it's a matter of trying to figure out what's going on and not getting nuts until she has all the facts. Mm-hmm. That may be it. She may be. That is a great page also, though, the, the, just that top part. Yeah. Um, and it's cool because you can see, you know, Wonder Man's holding him back, but it's definitely not a strain on Wonder Man, whereas Hawkeye is really trying to hard to get mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Yeah, well, you I, get a nice size difference, too. You can tell how much larger or bigger Wonder Man is compared to Clint. And, you know, when, when I started reading this again, I had to go back to the previous issue to find out how Tigra got there because I didn't think she was there at the end. But sure enough, it was like the, the next to last page or one of the previous pages, there's just a, a one simple shot of her sitting there right next to Hank in the same room. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't say anything. She doesn't do anything, and she doesn't even show up on the last page. Yeah, I I prefer the second page over the main, you know, first page. You know, Hawkeye's lower half of his face looks kind of gaunt. Um, which on the the uh, the second second page, the gatefold, you yeah. know, it's it's not that way. You know, it's still impactful. I'm not going to say it's not because it is. Uh, you know, and sets up, you know, what, what you see on the, the next two pages. Uh, I just want to touch on what, what Tim said, you know, uh, or maybe Brian. You know, this is a very dense book. You know, we, we talk about, you know, modern comics not, you know, having as much content in them as far as reading and, and time to complete an issue. You know, this just reminds me so much of, you know, like a, Chris Claremont or George Perez, you know, type of story where, you know, you're, get, you're getting not always like the nine panel split, but there's a lot of reading in this issue. Like, yeah, there, there is a lot of text to get through, um, you know, so you're definitely getting your, your 75 cents worth, um, you know, as you go through this. So there's, there's a lot of, of story here. That's told in just, oh, what'd you say, Tim? Just 22 pages? 22 pages. Yeah. Well, it is very, it's exposition heavy, but it goes by. It doesn't feel like a slog when you're reading. Slog when you're reading. It goes, like it's a zippy little story, despite having so much, it's flashback and kind of reiterating a lot of the, you know, kind of Wanda and the Vision's backstory. You get a page or two, actually about two pages of just the backstory on them. And when I was covering the, the, I guess when the, I don't think I've read the Celestial Madonna story that's in the early Avengers, but. Well, you can read uh, the Back to the Bins coverage of that. Like, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, it's Stevie, I think Steve Englehart is the uh, writer on that. And he said it's one of the most complex comic book stories up to, to that point, up to date, you know, when it came out. It was the most complex storylines. It is a pretty complex one. Yeah. And so the thing is, of course, whenever he starts going into the flashback mode, he's got like this six panel bit. But they do have the red flying car, which always makes me think of Coulson's car in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Could be one and the same. Uh, I don't think so. No, his was I a think, convertible. His was a yeah. Corvette, I think. 
Yeah, it was. And this was some nondescript car that could be a Camaro with louvers in the back window. <laughs> could be a Celica with Possibly. louvers in the back of it. You're you're a middle aged businessman. He's he's quite <laughs> ripped, by the way. <laughs> For middle aged middle management. And he this looks a little right. in those first those two lower panels, he looks a little jaundiced himself. He looks a little yeah. uh, <laughs> pale. Got some striking eyebrows. Well he's you know who reminds me of Brian of uh Stryker. Not from the the movies, but from God, um, God, God Loves, loves Man Kills. Kills. That storyline. He reminds me a little mm. bit of him. He, he seems a bit more stout, more stockier than um, than the, the guy I'm thinking of in you know the Brian Anderson art. In that. Yeah, this guy's more is more um, Brian Cox kind of. Yeah. Barrel chested. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And then, of course, uh, Tiger has another caddy moment. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> page nine. And um, I, again, it's uh, in all the talky stuff, the art isn't necessarily. I mean, the art is fine. The art is very good. But it's it's when they get to the good action scenes that you really see it shine. And I think that the inks and all this has been actually very, um, very well done. But I started to think around page 11 that the inks were looking a little rushed uh, on Wanda, especially. But then you get to page uh, 13 and the middle panel there has got Hank looking back at uh, at Janet. And that is just a, a great image of Hank Pym, because that's. This is one time where you see Byrne really trying hard to differentiate his Hank Pym from, say, Steve Rogers or Clint is this, Barton. Is this before or after the slap? Oh, this, this is, is after. after the slap. Mm. Yeah, this is that well after the slap. Mm. So reading it in the trade paperback, I just have to point out that I was very thankful, and maybe it's just because I'm getting older, that the trade paperback has like a matte finish to the pages. It's not glossy, mm-hmm. you know, and with so much text to read. Thank goodness. Yeah. You know, when you've got glossy pages, you know, and again, maybe it's just my age, you know, you're constantly like tilting the book up and down, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And this, this would be more like how it was, you know, if I were to go dig out my issues, um, you know, they, they would have had this matte finish to them and not a glossy. They do, they do, yeah. Well, we brought up in the last uh, episode how the, because I read it in my omnibus, and then I'm looking at now as a scan copy, digital. And I think the scan copy looks better, even though the coloring mm. obviously looks like newsprint coloring. But some of the detail was lost when they when they enlarged the pages to the omnibus. Really? That's yeah. usually it's it's the other way around. I mean, the color is nice and clean, you know, the solid blocks of color. But we we talked about, uh, I think during the uh, the Ultron attack in the last issue, that they had kind of a, a magenta or pink uh, blast yeah. or something that he was doing that was completely different in the omnibus. That's like they yeah, lost they redone the, it. They redid it, and it looked terrible. 
Yeah, I could be looking at my visionaries, or I've got something here that's got that printed as well. Anyway, I, love, I do love his Quinjet on the top of thirteen, flying over the yeah. detailed uh, yeah. landscape below it. And I was curious if the if the the jet blast from the uh, Quinjet is the same in both versions, because it seems like uh, re reproductions of those types of things is where they get messed up. Yeah. But um, and then the next page is um, I really like the the detail here at the top panel there at the air conditioner mm -hmm. vent how it's dirty and there's like the the water sitting there laying around. Um, I mean it looks nasty. It also looks like birds have been taking a crap on it. It does. A nice looking ants, by the way. Yep. Then everybody can draw. That's um, Anthony's older brother. <laughs> and there's your section 31 but it's just uh, this is all of course the wasp being stealthy breaking into this shield or um, internationally uh, arranged uh, station well I, I think it's interesting on page 15 when the wasp she sees the big door it's got 31 on it and it's sealed mm. where you know it's like medically sealed yeah well then it opens up and these two guys come out and she flies up and she's listening and then they think it's just a uh it's a bee or something and the guy says well there's this is an old building and there's bugs everywhere so just ignore it and he says they were both speaking english and if that second guy which is a black guy in the issue was a russian then so am i like that could be <laughs> russian just because he's black doesn't mean he couldn't be russian Mm, I took that as just the way he was speaking. Yeah. Well, okay. If you take it that way, I, I took it. It was all. I took it yeah. as absolutely as a reference to his skin color. Uh, could, be. could be, but I ref I thought it was basically on the the way speech pattern. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's always kind of intrigued me as to how. So we're seeing this as. You know, and Byrne has to draw the wasp, right, big enough for us to see her. But you'd think, okay, there's a big difference between, like, a bee or a bug and a person shrunk down flying around, <laughs> right? But they just kind of wave it up. Or, oh, yeah, there's bugs in here. It's help like, me, uh, help right? me. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> she's got a costume, right, you know, and the big wings. I, I don't know. Maybe. No, maybe. Go ahead. Sorry, I was say, I think if she's moving fast enough at that at that size, unless you've got time to focus more clearly on her, she would look like an insect. Especially if you're not going to bother with it, which they don't. They're like, oh, it's just another bug. Yeah. And they I think that's it. it. She's supposed to be zipping around pretty quick. Yeah, she must be moving pretty fast at that size. So yeah, you're not really going to have time to focus. And see that oh it's a it's a tiny person <laughs> unless you really follow it up and watch it for a long time but they don't seem to bother with it it's like oh no mm -hmm. it's just a bee because something. they're they're man's man's right. they get things it's to do giant bug things to do whatever. Yeah. whatever so no I think she'd get away with it at that size yeah now yeah. the the next page 
of course, is all flashback oh, material. Oh, go ahead. Right, just let me take you back a minute to that same page. Yep. On the fourth panel of page 15, going back to what you were talking about in the last episode with these little numbers that you find, do you see on the on the blue pipe just below the wasp, there's another one of those numbers, C3T. Hmm. Anybody see it? Yeah, I see it. Door. I thought it said C34. Is it T? Well, I, a, I mean, it looks like a T here on the original copy. Wouldn't it C- be C31? Uh, it's in section it 31. Like it's only got a. It looks like know. it's only got a top bar, like a T. There's nothing. Yeah, it does look like it, it. It's hard to make out um, yeah, from a scan like, copy. To me, it looks like C3T. Not that that means anything, according to what you found out last yeah, time. Going to burn. Right. I just thought, oh, yeah, there's another one of those numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, on that same page, does that door look like it's about three feet high? Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, at the bottom there, yeah. It's well, a they bit have like giant, giant hands. Yeah. <laughs> they have giant hands. <laughs> Everybody wearing thick, thick gloves. Actually, that's like the doors in my apartment. <laughs> Compared to me, yeah. That's how I go through the doors. I have to duck down like that guy, the, the cell keeper. <laughs> okay, so, so again, that same page, bottom right panel. Yeah. Look at how big she is compared to his face. Yeah. You're telling me they wouldn't notice that? Yeah, but she's nearer to us than his face is. Oh, okay. It's all perspective. Perspective, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. And he I doesn't mean, yeah. notice that through the window. <laughs> like <laughs> she's probably bigger, than, probably bigger than a tiny fly, but yeah, she's in, she's she's nearer to us than he is. Yeah, and she must be flapping her wings pretty slow for there to be a shadow of the wings in motion. Mm-hmm. Looks like they did that with Zipatone. Nit nitpicky. So you wouldn't <laughs> normally see that though. But what what I was pointing out for the next page, of course, uh, page page 16, is these are all, of course, flashbacks to those previous issues that Tim was so kind to list out. And if you go back to those issues, you're going to see pretty much these images uh, done in the pencils of John Basima and others uh, as they did back in the day, much like when John Byrne did X-Men 137 and gave the history of the X-Men. All those images were, were basically him doing his impression of that scene from the original X-Men books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that's what, what a lot of this is. So if you go and look in those, those books that Tim's listed out at these images, they're pretty much the same. Hmm. Not to look those up. I mean, yeah. and oh, Tim, this- Tim, you didn't give a reference for the, uh, when they had the twins. No, I did not. I did not. Um, that was in the, I think limited it's series, right? Which, yeah, Vision Scarlet limited Witch, series, twelve issue limited series. Yeah, that one. I'm not sure of the actual either issue, something like issue three or four. I think when she actually gave birth. I never read it. I read it, but I don't have it anymore. But yeah. I read it. I wasn't overly impressed with it. I think the artwork was oh, kind of mediocre. Yeah. 
Isn't that just like the weirdest wedding, though? Vision, Scarlet Witch, yeah. dead gladiator. Was it? Was he dead? It's like a ghost or something. Swordsman, yeah, yeah, yeah. The living swordsman ghost of the, the swordsman. Mantis. It was actually a tree or something, wasn't it? A plant. It was just taking on the form of the swordsman by then, yeah. It was pretty bizarre. <laughs> Cotati, yeah, he was a Cotati. As, as you do. Is that the broccoli people? No, mm. uh, oh. And then, of course, we get to uh, page was it 18 and see the nanny or what, what they call her, the governess. Mm-hmm. Um, losing the twins, losing the boys. I do like her expression in the bottom right panel. Ah! Yeah, very Gladys Kravitz, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking Edna Mole. actually spoiler alert but until next issue we don't really know what's happened to the twins Mm -hmm. do we that's right that's right right. (laughs) so your synopsis is a little forward (laughs) that's true now that's true the next page page 19 has got that beautiful shot of the avengers quinjet getting shot at yeah and um the Mm-hmm. And code AV370, which yeah. I'm sure means Avengers. But is this Quinjet 370? Have they destroyed that many of them? <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. And I like how um, the first and second panel, the blast from the Quinjet is reversed so they actually meet. Do you catch that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. Yes. Clever. The, yeah. I don't yeah, know like if it was intentional spiral. or not, but that actually looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it kind of gives an extension. Down. Yeah. The, the yeah. bottom right panel of Wonder Man reminds me of Gaston. Excuse me, Ha ha! I'm just coming in no, with my big pirate boots. Falls like Gaston. <laughs> Sorry. Just feet to the ground. Like, yeah, and then Wonder Man tearing up stuff. Are they doing like, a Wonder Man series? Did I see something about that? I think they're yes, introducing yes. the character. Oh, okay. It's in a, a show or a movie? And a, I think a TV show. I don't think he's going to have his own show. But they've cast somebody for Wonder Man, I think. Yeah, and he looks just like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Does he really? No. no. <laughs> oh. So. <laughs> Is Wonder Man a Superman ripoff? What do you guys think? He doesn't. I mean, he flies because he's got those jets, but he's got those jets because he's an industrialist. He's more of a ripoff of Iron Man, but he's more of a, a redemption story than anything. Well, there's so many. I mean, Hawkeye's the same way. He started out as a, kind of a villain, and he became a good guy. Um, mm. You know, Scarlet Witch, same way. Petro, you know, weeks over. Um, yeah, it it is a a, a series, Wonder Man. And, oh, it is. Um, yeah, and mm. Yaha Abdul Mateen will be playing Simon Williams. Oh, yeah, uh, ben him. Kingsley is returning as Trevor Slattery. I'd heard that. <laughs> but there's not much. It says Hollywood actor Simon Williams is thrust into the world of superheroes as he gets powers of his own and becomes a new superhero, Wonder Man. So it is a show. Yeah. 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 I thought it, 
But uh, no word if Beast is going to show up. Mm. It ain't Wonder Man without the Beast. Well, you want to bet it's going to have the same kind of humor level as She-Hulk. Because he's he was always kind of a jovial guy. So I think they're really going to lean in. They, the you know typical Marvel humor, they'll really lean into it for that show. Yeah, but I don't see how they can do the the redemption storyline. You know, unless you know they probably won't. They probably won't be was, that way. He was a character that fought the Avengers several years ago. You know, after uh, after the events but, of uh, the Avengers movie. But they can introduce him in his own show, so then he can show up in what's the next Avengers? Avengers, um, the one where oh, um, uh, Falcon's going to be leading it as Falcon Cap. New World Order? No, that's Captain that America. Yeah, that's Captain America. So maybe he'll he, if he shows up in this show, then he'll show up as an Avenger in that film. When does he, when does he get the the jacket? Outfit, or is this post jacket outfit? This is a safari jacket. Safari jacket, yeah, yeah. This is about six, seven years later. Safari jacket came in seventy-six, seventy-seven. Yeah, yeah. See, I like that outfit better than this one. It oh, just seems too cheap. So the guy that's playing Simon Williams is the guy that played uh, Black Manta in Aquaman. Oh, oh. And he's also in Watchmen. And Maybe he's show. the one that played Morpheus in uh, that Matrix abomination that came out. Oh. Who's getting a call? Not me. No calls. No calls while we're Nigel. recording. Joel. Not me. Put that on vibrate, Brian. <laughs> I've always got my phone on pleasure mode. Uh, I'm not that familiar with Wonder Man, so when I see him, you know, I, I like little bits of him i'm not yeah. that intrigued by you know i know he had he had a solo series right for a while in the early yeah. 90s he's had a couple couple short-lived series but nothing that's really gone long i don't know what's going on with him lately but um they they did they tried to do a lot of different things with him because he of course had similar background to stark in fact the reason why he wound up becoming wonder man was because he, he was embezzling from his own company and he's offered an option by the Enchantress. Mm. And she got him put under some special machine to give him powers. This is the same one that was used on Count Nefaria, or a similar one was used on Count Nefaria years later. But And the same one that, um, what was his name, Power Man? Yeah. Uh, Eric Jostin, not the Luke Cage one, but Eric Jostin, uh, utilized to get his powers. And in early Avengers book, you know, he comes and attacks the Avengers and basically winds up sacrificing himself for the Avengers once he realizes what kind of heroes they are. And his body goes into this death-like coma brought on by the ionic powers, you know, kind of basically changing his body. Is that when they, that's after he's dead or supposedly yeah, well, dead? Yeah, well, that's, it looked like he was dead. They right, but that's where he's all suspended animation. So they just stowed a dead body on it at the at the Avengers Mansion, you know. <laughs> but as you do. And at what point know, did they scan his brain? Because supposedly his brain patterns or engrams or what are implanted on the vision. Mm-hmm. So then he comes Wait, back. Wait, there's part of Wonder Man in the vision. Supposedly, oh, part on. of his yeah, his base yeah. personality brain is based on Wonder Man's. 
Yep. Um, I think it's why she doesn't he fall in love with Wanda later. He's been in love with Wanda. Oh, is that to explain that. why the Vision's in love with her? Yes. Yeah. Buziak yeah. and Perez really explored the the Wonder Man and Wanda um, connection. And, and Byrne, of course, was exploring it here in these issues and future issues. Uh, you'll learn more about it. But mm-hmm. also, he even had a little throwback to it in Elswin. But Simon was in the uh, safari jacket, so did, you know with the time frame that that would have happened, and so it'd been there basically all along. Both those outfits are better than his green and red one he gets later, where he's yeah. got the backpack jets. That's a terrible <laughs> costume. <That's awful. laughs> no, he's already he's already had that here. Yeah, has he already had it? Green and red one was in the yeah roundabout the. The teens of West Coast Avengers. Yeah, they were the issues before this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's better than the safari oh. jacket and the sunglasses. That's a better look mm-hmm. for him all around. It is. No, I like the original one. I like the. I liked it when he had the the head covered with the the dark oh, glasses. The helmet and the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. The goggles. Yeah. yeah. So Hawkeye's got this really cool arrow that basically does to this garage door what Batman's Batmobile needs 6,000 bullets to do. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's on the bottom of page 24. It has a little and, built-in um, saw. Mm, yep. The saw arrow. The, the kind of running joke that runs through this, and I don't – I can't remember if it was in previous before Burn came on, about – Hawkeye is supposed to chairman, but he really bristles because everybody else is taking charge <laughs> yep. and they're ignoring him completely. Yep. He's not an alpha. He's a beta. <laughs> he just wants to be an alpha. Yeah. Well, when you get- There's actually, yeah, I, I like the humor in this mm-hmm. issue. It's like there wasn't much in the first, in the previous one, of course, because mm-hmm. that was all the intrigue and and the fighting with Ultron, but in this one, there's one or two good things that make me smile. Well, there was, Ma- of course, mainly the, around uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah this but, is this is one of them. Yeah, when he says, "Oh, I was in charge there again for at least you know." Yeah, second. <laughs> <laughs> and a popular trope at this point, back on page twenty-two, is one of the Shield agents pulls a gun on Bobby and says, "Say goodnight, Gracie." Yeah. Yeah. Which Burn was doing that a lot around then. Who's Gracie, by the way? Yeah, nobody would get that joke nowadays. Gracie Allen, Burns and Allen. I don't know. Well, I don't. Yeah, you don't get it because you're a you're a Brit, right, uh, Nigel? But uh, even most Americans don't get it because yeah, I mean George Burns and Gracie Allen. Their shows were back in the fifties. 30s and you, 40s. Yeah, hey, 30s and 40s. Do you think those movies? So we've, I've been talking to my coworkers and family about because we've been we've been watching a lot of you know the the 80s movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my kids are nine and and five. They'll be ten and six here in a few months. But we've been kind of churning through the 80s movies, right? We did the Goonies. We did, um, oh, the 
Just the, ba- the babysitter one. Bitches and babysitting? Yes. And oh, we, we did the Together? Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. And then we did Afterlife. And... Um, where was I going with this? We watched American oh, Wolf last oh, night in 4K. Get show them that. Yeah, the George Burns... What was that movie called? Oh, uh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. I don't John Denver. I don't, know, I don't know if they'd like that, but I remember <laughs> as a kid thinking that was pretty funny. Watching those movies. It's just like Miracle on 34th Street. I mean, yeah. it's a very, very similar plot if you think about it. Can, can I draw attention back to page 22, panel three? Bobby's body shouldn't physically be able to do that. <laughs> And I'm not even going to say where. I'm just going to let you guys look at it and make your own determination. I mean, that's that's some curvaceous curves. Talking about middle panel, right? Yeah. Middle right panel. The, the third, yeah, third panel. Middle right. It struck me so, as being particularly weird. I mean, no. Hmm. Okay. Well. She, does she, have her she definitely is a gymnast. Boots. Yeah. <laughs> she shops and, at the same boot store as Captain America and Hawkeye. Yeah. <laughs> I would just think those long sleeves would get in the way. With all the fighting oh. she's doing, those would just be a nuisance. Yeah. Well, Maybe they're made out of like her, Doesn't she hide her bow sticks or whatever those sticks? Yeah, because they go on her. Clubs. They go on her gauntlets. They're, they're, yeah. they're, Hmm. That's what she wants you to think. <laughs> <laughs> it's for shoplifting. And um, what 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 was the significance of Osiris? Um, the the agent tells her the code is Osiris, and she's like says it in her head, like Osiris, like it's got some heavy meaning. Uh, he was like the, the DC Osiris. When Osiris, the god of sun, the sun, the. <laughs> It's Egyptian, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, from that Salome story. If I remember right, I just don't remember very well. I'm going to have to go back and watch Blade Runner all over again. <laughs> John, will you let someone else get a word in? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, as your guys' trade, the Vision Quest trade, the page 48, is it just two blue lines? Where? Of the Vision Quest trade. It's just two blue lines, page 48. I, I don't have that. I think um, they, they had to do that so that you could get the, the, the wraparound or gatefold uh, for the last two pages together. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, because uh, I have um, a Vision Quest trade, but it's a big green page. Um after mm. Bobby, and then it has the two-page spread where you see Vision yeah. all thrown apart. That's a horrible image, by the way. The final two pages, it's a horrific, mm-hmm. like, that's nightmare fuel. <laughs> well, I, I like all the, you know, the the um, capsules over on the right that got all the organs and everything in there. It kind of makes me think of Akira. Yep. When, when, when they pulled his body out of deep, free storage. 
but and, the, and then um, his, his skin is just laying there, like, it's laying there like, like an old sock. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the 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 mechanics of them that are all laid out, and it, basically it looks like uh, Thomas Edison was trying to uh, backwards engineer the technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the you know I don't know if it was Burn or if it was McClan's inking that uh, it it kind of suffered here. You think so? It's supposed, supposed I like to it. I think it looks intricate technology, yeah. and it looks just yeah. like lines. Yeah. No, the, the, oh. Maybe that the scan copy it looks pretty good. I mean, the two pages don't quite line up, obviously, from when they scanned right. this and it didn't fold, uh, lay fold. But uh, other than that, I think it looks it looks neat. They, they this image is almost copied in Vision Quest, isn't it? When they find him kind of laid out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's the colours that do it. Where where he's where he's all laid out on the Yeah, you could be right. They they put like a light blue shade over the skeleton. Yep. And it's kinda actually taking away from the penciled and inked detail of the insides. Because yeah. over to towards the left side, on my comic anyway. The blue is not so easy to see, and so you can see more detail in the parts. But on the right side, on the second page, and so the blue, and it's kind of out of line as well with the actual detail, and so it's kind of having a smudging effect, and that makes it look less sharp. Well, yeah, my two copies. Tra- Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I said the the blues don't quite match. The right side mm-hmm. is a lighter blue than the right side. Yeah. Yeah, see, in the trade, the trade, the left side is a little bit darker than the right side, but mm-hmm. the machinery above, there's lots of detail in the yeah. machinery. Yes. Yeah. 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 You know, none of that is lost. I think it's it was an interesting choice, right, to have him on, you know, the yeah. blue on the white background, right, where he's splayed out. <laughs> and it... It, it like is fish. Yeah, that's exactly what it's like. It's like if someone was dissecting something. Yeah. You know, that was the first thing I thought of when I got to this page. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, they're they're dissecting him. You know, and and it is pretty gross, right? That you've got this skin shell just laid out to the right. You know, it's kind of it's just nasty. Yeah. You really you really feel bad for him. Well, for her, more course, for Wanda. Expression on, well, yeah, Wanda. expression on his face, in Vision's face, right, doesn't help either. It's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he looks like he just said, I have spoken. <laughs> no, it looks more like, kill me. <laughs> yeah, well, so this, this makes you realize that he's not human. You know what I mean? I mean, we know he's not human. Right. Right. Over the years that he's been there and you got used to Vision and he's become a favorite and everything, and he kind of takes on this almost human quality that the rest of them have got. But now, when you see him like this, it's like the, the cold light of day. This is Vision. He's not human. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is mechanical. He's a right, and that they always call him a... Uh, and they call him an android. They call him a synthoid. Synthoid, yeah. You're like a synthetic human, but 
he's obviously he is much more robotic. He has like synthetic muscles mm-hmm. and lungs and whatever that stringy stuff is on the right bottom right that's pink. I don't know what that is. Maybe that's his brain. I don't know something, but a nervous system could be. Uh, well, no, you got his digestive system. It'd be his guts. And, yeah. yeah, and then, um, see, they've got the musculature all on the far left. Right. Yeah, that's all his muscles. But he's, he, he's more, he's more he's not as quite as robotic as Data, because Data, you can kind of take pieces and pop parts off yeah. of him. But, yeah, he's like, Data's like a Mr. Potato Head. Right. He's fully functional. <laughs> Whereas Vision here was only partially functional. Well, yeah, you can tell from his skin he wasn't fully functional. Um, <laughs> like a Ken doll. <laughs> but, like, okay, they, take the androids in Blade Runner, for instance, like Roy mm-hmm. Batty and his group. They There was nothing mechanical about them. They were actually some type of synthetic, artificial human. Um, so that if you cut them, they would bleed. They didn't have wiring or... Um, some kind of metal structure inside. They seem, but they were more like an artificial person. That's always kind of thought of the vision, but obviously he is just a robot, a highly advanced robot with a, mm. a skin and artificial muscles and all that kind of stuff. All right. John, what did you think about these, this spread? Uh, quite disturbing, man. <laughs> yeah. For all the reasons you all laid, I mean, it's just like, uh, the just the whole thing, you know. There's bits and pieces of them all over the place, and then, yeah. And these and these folks are just like, they don't even seem to be phased. They're like, what? Look at what's going on. You know, they're just working on it. They don't even care. Well, I mean, really, these are IT people, really. You got you yeah. got IT people that are sitting there going through code. And then you've got the guy that's sitting there taking the mechanical parts that look like human parts, like he's got lungs in his hands right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's putting them away and it looks like, you know, they're going to try and do some cold storage. Or, you know, it's like uh, the world's smallest Vecta tank. <laughs> so these guys are basically you, Brian. Yes. So if your company came to you with a Android and he told you to disassemble it, you would just do it and follow orders. Is that right? what I've always done. <laughs> Can't talk about that yet, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, you know, Byrne does a great job here of creating, you know, uh, creating emotion, right, from the reader yeah. to feel for the vision. Now, we don't know, right, whether vision feels anything, but, you know, our human emotion to that is, right, the, the oh my gosh, right, like, They've taken him apart piece by piece and laid him out as if he were a car, right, or any other machinery, mm. and just laid him out, and like it's no big deal. Yeah, and, you know, he our, yeah. like he hasn't saved the world, or he hasn't, you know. Yeah, yeah, like he's just some other appliance, and they're they're just trying to take him apart and figure out how everything works. And I think it's a it's a great example, right, of, of you know, tugging on that that human emotion, right, or that the heartstrings to say, okay, this is we all know vision's not a person, but you empathize with what they've done to him and how horrible it is 
that they they've just broken them apart piece by piece and they're just examining it like you know like i said like a car you know you're just looking at the parts going mm, what does this do what is well, this, where does this go he's basically being violated in the yes. most oh, yes. awful way and i was just thinking burn is done he did this last issue he's in this issue he's got these great kind of shocking endings you know the last issue was bobby showed up at the door that was our dun 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 and then yeah. this, it's vision laid out. And then, okay, you got to wait till next week so or next month. So now he's, he's doing a good job of kind of making it very serial-like. Is this the cliffhanger? And how is it going to get resolved in the next one? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm ready for it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we could, we could go into all kinds of discussions about, you know, how humans, when left to their own devices, right, we're... I guess there's there's a, there's a side of, of us we could say, you know, are they're inherently not good, right? Which mm-hmm. you kind of have to have that kind of mindset to look at those people. And I think Tim, you said it. You know, they're just going about their job, but there's there's no emotion given to what they are doing to. <laughs> And art, you know, you call it artificial intelligence or uh, sentient AI. You know, maybe Vision is Chat GPT twenty years from now. <laughs> um, but you know, to just have it laid out there and it's it's not a big deal, right? You know, it's they're just doing their their nine to five. I don't know how we're supposed to feel about that because on one hand it's he is a robot, he's not alive, he's not real, you know, in the sense that you know a living being, but at the same time he is, and here he's been torn apart and just kind of put into, you know, I'll put in air quotes boxes, right? It's like well here's his skin and here's the musculature and here's you know the metal frame. We're just kind of laying out all these pieces and going, well, how does this work? And how does this connect to this? And what does this do? Well, they may be, you've always, you know, you've got that trope of the scientist that gets the chance to work on something. You get to, you get to work on this advanced Android. They're like, Ooh, it's great. Let's see what makes him tick. So that kind of over overruns and, or they, you don't know what they've been told. Maybe somebody has told them that, well, he's been deactivated. He's a danger. We have to find ways right. to be able to um, uh, neutralize him. Exactly. Mm. You know, which I thought Byrne did a good job of showing Bobby's uh, reasoning behind accepting the job that because the government mm. was reacting, or, or at least to this group she thought was S.H.I.E.L.D., was reacting to the vision having hacked the entire planet. And that would raise red flags and think, well, we can't have this happen again. So how right. can we come up with a, night, a way to neutralize it to your point, David? And, you know, and, and really they wanted to just capture him for this reason, either to reverse engineer him or, um, you know, pr- produce duplicates of him, whatever the reason is. I can't, I can't remember for reading the story, but you know, it, you know, you would, that's a valid reason to be worried about that. If he could do that, you know, is it what is uh, um, uh, Ben Affleck says in 
Batman v Superman, he says if there's even a one percent chance that he could he could go he could uh, turn on us, we have to take it as a hundred uh, percent uh, positive that he might. So we should do right. we should do something about it. So it's not as black and white. I, I do like the fact that Byrne is giving Bobby that. Well, I did this for, and she says in the book, I did it because I love my country. I you know I like Shield. I believe in what they're doing, and I was kind of duped into what the ultimate goal was. But, you know, you have to take measures against things like that. Brian, do you have to go get your Chipotle order for tonight? And I dropped already. Dropped. Yeah, it's, you bring up a good point. It, it, they very well could be told, hey, this is a, a threat to all of humanity. And we need to understand how does this work? And how do we fight against it? Because... And of course, we know there's, you know, it's kind of like Red Tornado, you know, there's only kind of one of them mm -hmm. <laughs> in the DC universe, right? And Vision is is the Marvel version. But yeah, I mean, that's, that is a good point. They're, they're dissecting it to understand how to fight it as a threat versus looking at it from the other side that, that we kind of started this conversation with of, oh my gosh, you know, they're, they're tearing this being apart, whether you agree it's living or not. Um, but yeah, very, very disturbing final two pages. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, that spread of like, oh my gosh, like it, it almost is like if someone did that to a person, right. And just kind of laid everything out and went, well, this is how all these people, all these pieces come from a person, you know, it's, it's gross. Yeah, it's 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 uh, if it was a it's uh, almost like something out of a saw film or something, you know, where they, they <laughs> peeled him apart and pinned him like a butterfly. He's pinned to this display, and you've got all those little bits, especially where all those bits and pieces are stretched out, and he's like taken apart to every smallest little. And I certainly hope they are keeping track of where everything goes, and they're making notes because I don't know how you <laughs> put this thing back together. I yeah, it's a lot of, lot of pin connectors there. Uh, they better uh, have the they better have the uh, Haynes manual on the vision. <laughs> <laughs> Where does the brown wire with the pink stripe go? Uh, but don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, as Brian said. You know, the the previous issue and this issue it definitely leaves you with a cliffhanger, right? Of you know, you're left with this feeling of like, I, I want more like, oh, my gosh, here's vision mm -hmm. laid out on a table. What is she going to do? Yeah, really. And it was exactly what is Wanda? Because it's going to be a horrific sight for her to see her husband. Just. Again, I go back to the word violated, just absolutely just dissected and exposed. Um, You know on this table. I mean, it'd be like if she saw, you saw a person just dissected and cut up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, did we lose Brian? Yeah, yeah. I, I think he had to go like grab dinner or whatever. Okay. You know, he had to refuel it, the, <laughs> the Brian body. Well, he said he wasn't feeling well, so maybe he had to go get something to eat with his blood sugar. I think we've said it before, but it's it's very interesting to me that the Vision Quest, right, is it, it's only four issues. You know, the the trade, you know, includes some some additional issues as part of it, but 
Um, was it when we were talking about um, what is the the X Men one with the Sentinels, where it took place over only two issues? Days of Future Past. Yes. Yeah. This reminds me of that, where it's you have so much going on, and mm-hmm. so few of issues. Like, you know, if it was today, right, this would be like a ten or twelve issue series, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You know, and here this this was just like run of the mill, you know, the next issue of West Coast Avengers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't wasn't any big event. And you've got yeah. so much taking place in just four issues. Mm-hmm. Well, and that laid directly onto I don't because I have I've read the next issue after this, but I don't remember if the um when they bring back the torch, is that during Vision Quest, or is that just uh, what oh, leads after, from this? It's afterwards. It's That's, afterwards, I thought. It kind of leads on after this. Number 50, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 50. It's number 50, the torch's uh, return. Yeah. yeah. So really, yeah, this four issues just kind of just resets the Vision and then puts him back into play, and then he just moves on from there. Yeah, and the trade is uh, West Coast Avengers 42 to 50. So it's really, is that all Burns run on West Coast <coughs> Avengers? No. He did up to 57, was it? Yeah, he I did a little 10 issues. And the omnibus, this intersperses with the, his Avengers issues that he was writing. So you'll have, I think, the yeah. first three mm. issues of the West Coast, then he goes to Avengers for a couple issues, and he comes back. Mm. Uh-oh. It's like we're <laughs> in a haunted house. Yeah. Yeah, that was Ryan, Ryan's mic. <laughs> 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 he, he didn't mute before he left. <laughs> I hope that was a door and not like a really tiny uh, fart. Well, do we have any uh to uh we'll kind of wrap this up since I guess Can Ryan's I just, not coming back. There's one more point I wanted to make about from this particular issue. It's only a small thing, but uh, in issue 42, Burn kind of gave us a little hint about Hank and Jan and their relationship. Remember when she's flying past Tigra and Tigra's thinking, oh, she's coming from Hank's the direction of Hank right. place. And I thought he was living in the in the main house or something like that. So a hint that yeah, maybe they're getting back together. And, well, he, and does this... the same, he does the same in this issue. It's just it's so subtle. But on page 13, when they're talking about the plan, when they're flying above the uh, the uh, the building, you know, with the shield building, and Wasp says, you know. I'll shrink down and uh, see what I can find. And Hank says, oh, okay, right, dar, as in darling. And then he switches and says, oh, I mean, right, Jan. Yep. And that's it. But it's just another little hint. Oh, yeah. (laughs) These two are getting uh, back together kind of thing. I can't remember if he does carry on with any more of those Yeah, I don't remember or not. But, but that's that's like two hints now about their relationship improving again. But nobody, you know, that's it. It's just the one panel or a thought or something like that. And then 
that's it for that issue. But it's interesting how he keeps dropping it in. Kind of drop those hints. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask Nigel. You said because when you found out we did the other issue, you said, "Oh, that's one of my favorite runs." What yeah. about this? These issues or this run of Vision Quest? Uh, yeah. Why do you like oh, it so much? Why is it one of your top? It's in my, it's my top, it's number four in my top 20 Avengers stories, yeah. And uh, I, I just think that it has, over the whole course of the four issues, it basically has everything that you could want from a good story. And of course, and the artwork is fabulous. I yeah. mean, it's got action, but it's not action packed. I mean, we're probably getting most of the action right now in the two issues that we've already covered. There is a bit more to come, but it's of a different nature. And then there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of kind of emotional stuff still to come, which is interesting. And we're going to be introduced to another character who I shan't say who it is because well, probably in the next issue um who also causes kind of a, quite a bit of trouble for the team in one way or another so yeah i just think it for four for a four issue story it's got pretty much everything and that's why i i like it so much yeah i'd agree there it's a data say, point it's 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 packed it's got a lot it's uh, it, it's not like one of these big mega things though like say Korvac saga or no. you know but yet yeah for me uh, i enjoy this a lot more than say things like Korvac saga uh, some of these really big events that they come up with um i don't know they turn out to be a little bit too much, I think, at times, and almost anticlimactic. Climactic, but well, this, this is, is a really yeah. this is almost a smaller, more personal story because it's kind of yeah. Wanda's story. It's obviously the Vision story in a way. It's kind of Bobby's story too, but mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. it it's mm-hmm. not world changing. It's just dealing with this one character, and uh, but it's yeah. certainly well. Burns certainly brought. West Coast Avengers back to life. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. I mean, you were talking about it last time when you were doing the issue 42 and uh, some of you didn't seem to have that much of a history on West Coast Avengers. I I, I read it all from the very beginning. Even They did a four-issue limited series mm-hmm. first, didn't they? And then they did the, the full run. Um and I had them all, um, but I was never that impressed by it. And uh, yeah, again, about one of the things you mentioned when you were talking about issue 42 with regard to artwork and how it can either make or break a story. And I agreed totally with that because I think I'm a bit more on the art side. You know, if the art's good, I'm more likely to stick with it. Yeah, uh, the art, the art can save a a bad story, but the other way around, uh, the art yeah, can also I, I agree there. The art can also ruin a, a a decent story. Yeah, and a lot of the West Coast Avengers stuff 
as I say, I've read it. I've read them all probably only once, though. But if you ask me to tell you what happened in any of those stories, I honestly wouldn't wouldn't be able to give you much information. <laughs> so you see, it didn't make much of an impression on me when I read the stories, you know. Um, but from when Burn came on, it was just like, oh, wow. Well, I think that's it's, part of the problem with, and we're even facing it now, you know, where you've got too much division, you know, within... I'll just say, you know, the family, you know, as, as it were for like an Avengers or Batman or any of the other big tentpole characters. And I, yeah. I consider Avengers, you know, a, a character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, had this just been a part of the Avengers run, it could have been much more widely received, right? You know, you guys talked last episode about, uh, as Nigel said, you know, it's, I personally, I would not have picked up, you know, West Coast Avengers. I didn't, you know, even as a young kid, uh, you know, you're looking at the quarter bins because it wasn't the Avengers, right? It was like a sub offshoot, right? Of the Avengers. And it's like, well, no, I want, I want the Avengers. I don't want West Coast Avengers. <laughs> You know, I don't want Avengers, <laughs> you know, plan B. Uh, yeah. um, you know, and, and so you see that as, you know, it's not unique to Marvel. You know, DC does the same thing, you know, with Batman and all of its other offshoot titles mm-hmm. where it's like, well, how, how can he be in all these different places at one time? <laughs> um, it's not physically possible. Um, or all these things happening and, and the other characters don't get involved, right? It's like, okay, so all this happened in its own little silo and none of the other big players got involved? Okay, sure, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, like I said, it's very interesting to me that, you know, nowadays this would have been a big event and there would have been crossovers, you know, like Nigel mm-hmm. said, you know, Korbach Saga and the other things where, you know, there's, tangential titles that are pulled into the gravity right of the story which you know uh, may or may not you know have any kind of real uh, weight to be there but you know because of corporate mandate right they're part of it you know like uh infinity gauntlet i was just talking to uh, a friend about that who's kind of getting into comics and i said you know just pick up the infinity gauntlet trade you don't need all the extra stuff you know it, it's nice if you if you really like the infinity gauntlet then you know pick up you know the omnibus after you read just just the main story mm-hmm. if you if you want more but you don't need all that other stuff mm-hmm. right that was all marketing you know mm-hmm. um Who's the one that's always on back to the bin? Oh, Sleepwalker, the guy that likes Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker. The hero. Yeah. Yes. You know, Chris Tyler. Like, yeah, there was a Sleepwalker, you know, Infinity Gauntlet tie-in. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's like when Crisis came. Oh, there was a panel with a red scar, so that means it's a tie-in. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, Secret Wars, or at least Secret Wars 2 was oh, the same secret. way. They had yeah. a lot of uh, tie-ins that didn't mean things. Right. So it's it's nice to just read a story like this where, you know, maybe, you know, Byrne pitched it as one thing and they just went, OK, yeah, you know, you can do your little four issue story. That's fine. 
you know, we'll just let it be self-contained. But it's nice to just have that, right? Where it's, it is self-contained. Excuse me. Yeah. You know, it's four issues. The trade gives you a little bit more, right? Kind of after the events of this story. But it's just four issues. So if you just want the main part of the story, you can just read this and you, and you get everything. The beginning, the middle, and the end. All happens in four issues. You don't need 57 other tie-ins to understand why these things are happening. Well, or they don't. I mean, the you know, the, we've talked about this on the show before of Secret Wars 2 when Byrne was forced to put the Beyonder in his FF. And he didn't want to, but he was mm-hmm. mandated because that was a company-wide crossover. So, I mean, I'm sure as a writer, it's got to be frustrating when you're you're kind of chugging along and they're like, oh, well, we're doing this crossover. You've got to include two issues dealing with it. And you got to come up with a reason why whatever the situation is has to bleed into your book. Yeah, and if you're a long-term reader right of that series all of a sudden you get to those issues and it's like what the what the heck happened yeah what is this (laughs) (laughs) what is this but we've prattled on long enough yeah i think we uh what's that (laughs) i heard you said you said my name but i don't know what you wanted john is watching stopping a chatterbox yeah, he's he's he's, uh, he's watching the latest episode of Yellowstone. <laughs> um, no, I'm with. Uh, you know, I was waiting for you guys to finish your things with uh, the series, but you know, I kind of picked it up. I looked at it on the stands, and I'm like, with the art, I'm like, eh, it's not that interesting. Uh, I didn't feel that compelled. I didn't feel that compelled with the characters, so. Uh, especially with like U.S. Agent, I didn't care about him. So, uh, uh, but when Byrne took over, then then I had a, a an interest in looking at it more closely and to see what happened. And I and he's a good storyteller, and he came out of the shoot strong. I mean, it wasn't this little work up to a story. I mean, you're right in a story right at the beginning. So uh, he really knows how to move in and get the story moving right away, and that's compelling. And that. Uh, and when he left, it fizzled out real quickly for me uh, as well, um, just for that reason. Because like the storytelling couldn't keep the momentum. I thought. Yeah, I, I I did the same. I think I, I think I picked it up the first twenty five maybe issues. I think I was reading it because I was reading Iron Man at the time, and he was in West Coast. So that well, I'll read West Coast too. And then it just kind of like okay, I. I grew bored with it and I, I jumped off. Then when Byrne came, I jumped back on. And then when he left, I jumped back off. Um, but, you know, to your point, Nigel, that's what I will, you know, I will follow an artist from book to book yeah. more than I would a writer. Uh, I would yeah. not necessarily follow a writer from book to book, but if someone, uh, and Byrne's done that, I've got back on a book when he's come back on. I did stick with this particular title, though, after Burn had gone. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was never quite the same. And although I had all of them right up to when it got cancelled, I don't still have all of them. I've got, I've got some of the stories that follow Burn, the ones that I thought were 
fairly decent, but I got rid of the rest. There was some pretty rubbish stuff as well. And the artwork went off toward, yeah. up through up towards the nine the number nineties. It was getting a bit dire. Uh, yeah. Um it was getting nineties-ified because it went for a hundred and one issues. 102, I think. 102, yeah. 102 was the cancellation point, yeah. Yeah, Uh, just before it was cancelled as well, there was some good stuff, because they had the 100 issue, which was like a a double-sized issue. And that was the one where they were in Mephisto's realm. So that was good. And then they got into a crossover with X-Men and the other Avengers title. The Blood Ties, Blood Ties, they called it. That was a five-issue uh, storyline going between the three titles. So that, that was good. And then they cancelled it just straight after that. Yeah. Um, and then they went to do four, they, they went on with Force Works. Uh, I didn't watch that. I got that. I got that for about the first. Well, I think I got it into the double figures, but then eventually that became too bad. And uh, I never liked the art. The art on that was from the beginning. Yeah, that's total 90s. It's like extreme. Yeah, and then they killed Wonder Man again, or supposedly. And so I thought, no, this is not really very good. Mind you, around about that time, I was cancelling just about everything. <laughs> the 90s was not a good decade for, for me. That's where I fell out with Marvel, or rather Marvel left me behind, yeah. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've talked about it on the podcast. I yeah, yeah, yeah. was big big on comics, but there's a, there's a big blank spot for me between, like, <laughs> 95... Yeah to about yeah, yeah, 2010. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, I, got, yeah. I, got, I got back in on a few things after that, but not much. Yeah, only really the uh, Busiek Perez Avengers. That got me back, of course. Mm-hmm. And then that was I, a good one. And then I like the MC2 universe. Yeah, and this is all a roundabout way to say you can have 102 issues of a series and i bet if we went through those 102 issues we could probably boil it down to 20 (laughs) you know that are really good good stories yeah yeah yeah. that you know kind of back to the the original premise of my comment was why why wasn't this just part of the original uh, you know the the avengers title right instead of it being a spinoff um but, you know, of course, it always comes down to money. And Well, yeah, I was going to say that where it's interesting because where you saw it as being something different to Avengers, like you said, you know, you wanted the Avengers. And this was only like Avengers B. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I saw it as that's why I got both titles all the time. So I thought it's still the Avengers and the Avengers were my favorite title, probably. So. I had to follow it because, like you say, <laughs> with some of these things, like with Batman, when you're talking about a single character and Spider-Man who appears in that many different titles, yep. yeah, as if as if they'd have time to do all this. But this was a bit different because they're teams and they've got different, yeah, different characters. So, yeah. Although it's 
although it's another Avengers team, it's not the same characters. And most of these characters used to be in the Avengers. So it's it's like still an extension of the Avengers to me. Well, yeah, so they, had, their roster gotten I so large, it just made sense to split it into and also yeah. do uh, West yeah. Coast, East Coast. Yeah. But it was the artwork, really, for me that killed it. <laughs> the, the, the Avengers initial title usually had pretty reasonable artwork most of the mm-hmm. time. But this one got saddled with uh, well, Brian's pal Al, Al Milgram. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and even though even though Joe Sinnott was the inker, which kind of helped a little, it it wasn't really enough to make it, you know, that good. Unfortunately. Well, have yeah. we shot our bolt, Tim? <laughs> I think so. I think we, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering this. And, yeah. um, We've got, you know, uh, I think we can wrap it up. I think um, on the whole, I think we all agree it's a good story. Artwork is great. Uh, yeah. It's well worth uh, reading if you're into uh, Division or if you're into the Avengers. You know, it was a, it's a um, well worth your while to uh, to find these. And as we said, that I, I guess the trade is not is the trade still out, uh, David? Uh. I don't think there's been a new printing, but I'm you sure it's find around. It probably. You yeah, can find it cheap. You know, yeah. You know, it's uh, yeah, I don't think it's that hard to get. Yeah. No, well, again, because it's West Coast Avengers. <laughs> or Avengers <laughs> West Coast. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not terribly expensive. Uh, you know, the 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 printing that I have is a second printing that I sent to the original group. Uh, I'm just looking here. West Coast, and I think it's probably if you have Marvel Unlimited, it's you can probably read it online. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's just part of their catalog you know, the run. Yeah, it's just part of the run. Um, let's see. Well, they did uh, Avengers West Coast Vision Quest in 2020, which I didn't even know they did that Epic Collection. Um, that's still available. That's forty bucks, but that's a that covers a much bigger section. So that's uh, issues thirty-eight to fifty-two, annuals three and four, and then material from Avengers Spotlight. Oh, we didn't mention that one at the beginning. We said solo Avengers solo in twenty-three. So this is all John Byrne. Uh, that's almost five hundred pages. I didn't realize that. Well. Uh, let's see, Avengers. <clears throat> yeah, you can get the second printing, which came out in 2015, which is what I was reading from. You know, it's uh 25 bucks, you know, yeah. cover price. I'm sure you can find it cheaper than that. And you can usually find the Omnibus on sale for like half price. So, I mean, it probably cost you maybe about $50, but it's a that's a tomb, it's a lot of uh, content. That. And we're not so, bringing endorsements for it either. <laughs> <laughs> well, same with all the omnibuses. Some of the the, re- the reproduction of the art is a little. I, I prefer to kind of see a scanned copy when I can, just because it's like a time capsule. You get to see what it looked like when someone off the shelf 
especially if you're looking at Silver Age or Golden Age stuff. I want to see what it looked like, you know, as someone off the, you know, at that time, flipped that book open and looked at it. Um, well, uh, okay, I want to, we'll wrap this up. Uh, sorry, Brian couldn't stay to, to finish the book with us, but he was missed. I want to thank our special guest, Nigel. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I'm sure we'll have you on again um, when we cover. We'll just keep you on when we cover. We said before we were going to cover these can, uh, kind of um, chronologically. You know, we're going to cover each issue continually. Yes. So yeah. um, you will be yeah. invited uh, for those uh, future shows. They may not be consecutive shows, but they'll be consecutive coverage. Yeah. Uh, and I also want to thank David. We haven't had you on for a while. And I've always them thank John. It's always a pleasure to have both of you on. Yay. Um, any last words for you? Tell people where we can they can uh, locate us. No, um, no. I think I just think if you can get this, it's a great. If you can get it collected, even better. I mean, I'm sure I know a lot of people like to get the originals, but it's nice to have it all in one package that you can just read right through. Mm -hmm. It's really an interesting story. Yeah. Yeah, to start to read one after another. Well, if you uh, if you want to reach us, we have you can reach us on our Facebook page. Just look under Third Degree Burn. You can leave comments, suggestions. You can see where we post all our shows, or you can email us at gottagetburned at gmail .com. Uh, Drop us a line. Let us know how we're doing. That's how you may get invited on the show. That's how Nigel wound up here. He wrote uh, us <laughs> enough, and we decided well, we just better invite this guy on. Right. <laughs> so for uh, for third degree burn, I am Tim Elliott. I'm John Hyde. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'm David Thompson. I'm John Hyde. <laughs> and I'm Nigel Spink. And I'm Brian Hughes. <laughs> I'm the ghost of Brian Hughes.
Thanks for listening. You can find us and many other great shows at tutufreaks.com. That's T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S.com. Third Degree Burn is spelled with the number three, R-D-D-E-G-R-E-E-B-Y-R-N-E, and is part of the Tutu Freaks network of shows. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just look for Third Degree Burn, spelled with the number three, and burn spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Compliments, complaints, and recipes can be sent to gottagetburned at gmail.com. That's G-O-T-T-A-G-E-T-B-Y-R-N-E-D at gmail.com. Drop us a line and tell us how we're doing. Till next time, this has been Third Degree Burn. Some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn.